Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, the podcast where we take a topic each week and we cast our views on it. I'm Dan. And I'm Lou. And this week, Lou, we're going to avoid a stilted, awkward intro because <laughs> and I'm just going to bring him straight in because then it'll cover up the awkward intros we have. We are very pleased to be joined by Leo Allen from Voluntary Input. So hi, Leo. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Woo! See, we need like a soundboard or something so that when we have guests, we can give them like a clap track yeah, in the background. So I feel I like that's what's like missing. That. I have something <laughs> like that. Oh, amazing. Like, that's the I, one. I, I bring my own crowd. Thank you. Thank you. Can you, Thank you. Can you come every week? <laughs> I was going to say, but we have to see how he does first before we give him a round of applause. <laughs> okay, maybe that should have been at the end. Sorry. It was a little, a little premature. <laughs> Cheers for joining us. We we should have done this last week, but I had to. Uh, I, something came up, so I had to uh, postpone it. And then I don't know if you've heard the episode that's come out today. I told Lou I blamed him for the reschedule, even though it was me. So yeah, actively had nothing to do with me, and then he just dropped it on me. He was just like, "Right, that's it. I'm just going to make sure that everybody knows that this is your fault." I was like, "You know what? Fair enough. Easy scapegoat. What can I say? Easy target." <laughs> <laughs> Leo, we'll, we'll have a quick word with you shortly, but let's hear from some friends of ours. Well, all of ours, actually, because Leo is part of the the group, uh, the podcast group I'm in. Leo is the one that brings, he, he's the one that brings logic to the conversation. You know, so just when you're, you're wanting to have a rant or rave about something, Leo throws that logic and truth bomb at you. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors from mistakes that I've made. So, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this. So we are going to hear from Sugarcoated Murder, who are just, well, oh. you, you've heard them by now because you'll have heard them on our show. You'll have heard us on this. They are two amazing sisters and they've got some big things going on. So what, what share space um, sort of in the coming months? Let's hear from them now, and uh, yeah, then we'll come back. Hey, Ann Barner. Hey, Karen Vaney. We need a promo. You know, like where we talk about what we do on our podcast. On our sugar-coated murder podcast? Like how we love to bake and talk about murder? That's what we need to talk about. There you go. I think we've talked about it. Y'all find us on all your favorite listening apps. Stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. And we're back. So, Leo. Talk to us. Tell us about who you are in your podcast, please. Well, first of all, I worked, I, I made cookies with Ann and Karen on their show once. And it, it was did, fun. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't, we didn't do that bit yet. We, we we've not, um, we've not sort of uh, got the courage at the moment to actually do the baking bit yet. <laughs> it was a good time. Well, they gave me something easy. They were actually, it, it, they didn't really take long to bake either. So I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> We want starter level. Karen and Anne, if you're listening, we want starter level, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll have you make ice on the show. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure about that, Luna. That, that'll be you. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, my name is Leo Allen. From uh, My podcast is Voluntary Input. It is a podcast about uh, tech and people. And oftentimes, I'm fortunate enough to get to talk to some of the the big brain people behind the tech and what usually happens is i'll get a topic stuck in my head like recently i did the whole ai series because i was getting sick of hearing 
what people were saying about AI or those silly ads that we see everywhere that everything's AI. And I'm like, no, that's not really true. So I sought out some experts to come on and talk about what it actually is and what's actually going on in the world of AI. So that's typically how voluntary input goes is I get something stuck in my head and I'm like, I need to find some people who, cause I know what I know about stuff, but I know I don't know everything. So I'm like, I need to find the experts who can make the better conversations. And Lou, the AI uh, month that he did came at the same time as we were doing that RAI episode. When I heard that, <laughs> I started, um, I started getting really worried. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking, no, should I push ours back? And then I was thinking, no, we're not really going to be competition. As you see, he got experts on his, whereas we pretended to be experts. Yeah, we, we just talked a bit of shit, really, we did. like. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a, uh, what they call it, a pundit. I mean, there's no, I mean, I am myself, (laughs) but it's like, but I do want to have people who are actually working on this stuff come and talk about it. So what I like about your podcast, so, you know, you're, you are sort of tech oriented, but like you said, you do also delve into the people side of things. So one of the ones I've mentioned on our pod a couple of times was the guy, was he a dancer, but he was talking about being man in a, you know, sort of about living in that world. Yeah. yeah, that's the guy. That's what I, I find really sort of interesting about your your pod is you'll veer from the, the, the emotion to the tech, which are almost like two opposing, you know, in, in most people's eyes, two opposing ends of the spectrum, you know, the, the, the computer side and, and emotion side. So, Well, that's why I say it's tech and people, because without people, there wouldn't be the tech and people are still people. So sometimes we got to talk about people things. So, for example, um, in the next coming months, before I take a holiday break, there's going to be some episodes about uh, overcoming like social barriers or overcoming stigmas and isms. So they're they're not even tech people, quote unquote, but they're people who, well, you'll just have to listen. (laughs) (laughs) They choose, they choose. Stay tuned, right. When you were talking about your ideas is something you get stuck in your head. Ours are often just something that come to us almost like a couple of nights before. Um, but I'm not going to take the credit for this one because this was your idea, actually, this episode. So I'm going I'm to have to give you the credit for this. So you threw something in, in the chat and you said, oh, Dan, this will be a good episode for you. And I thought it would actually. So why don't we get you on to talk about it? So <laughs> it's going to be things that we kind of find overrated or things that we don't get that seem to be really popular and we find overrated. Now, I'll caveat mine by saying, I'm not necessarily criticizing anyone who does fight, you know, like these things. Um, I'm not trying to, to, to kind of alienate anyone. It's just hashtag fight that... me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag please stay subscribed. No, it's, um, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of things I've, I've been thinking of and that I've always actually, well, one has always been, I don't get why it's that big. And another is something recent when, when you threw this subject at me, mm-hmm. Lou, I think this will, this might be a good one for you as well. Yeah, now, can I caveat mine by saying mine will likely come with lots of unadulterated criticism of all of the things that I talk about, unlike Dan. Um, And also, mine are a little bit to do with trends that were a huge thing that I was just never a part of as well, but not necessarily are trends at the moment, if that makes sense. So were massive, have kind of died out, if that makes sense. I I think that's fine. 
And and you, I love it when he says he's going to attract criticism because it's me that does the social media. So cheers. How can how can one get cancelled when I'm not sending the tweets? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I I think in the spirit of fairness, as a you're the guest, Leo. B it was your idea, which probably should be A. And you said you've bought a long list, and I've seen about the ten pages of, of A4 that you're holding up. So I think we'll give the first one. Let's let's hear, have the first one from you. I've thought about what, what order should I go, but I'm just going to come out the gate swinging Game of Thrones. Oh, my God, on my list as Ooh. well. Yeah, yeah I agree. Ooh. I agree. Real talk. I don't know how many millions of people that might be listening to this have now turned around and screamed, dropped their phones. and like. Well, I'm <laughs> stopping the recording you? here. Yeah, I'm stopping the recording. Now, now, go for I, it. I think I, I know why. When So I remember when it first started, coming out and people start talking about it. I was seeing the commercials. I wasn't really impressed from the beginning. And I thought about, well, why, why, why am I looking at this show and going, eh, I don't really care. And then I thought back now, Lou, I understand that you're, you're younger than I knew. So this, you may not remember this, but Dan, you probably remember in the eighties, there was just this full blown, Everybody loved dinosaurs, or not dinosaurs, dragons, the Renaissance, all of that. I mean, there were music. Yeah. Remember Men Without Hats, Safety Dance, yes. that music video, yeah. that yeah. garb. There were so many music videos. We we had movies about dragons and knights and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I was all in back then. So by the time we get to now, and I saw commercials for Game of Thrones, I was kind of like, eh, been there, done that. So to me, it was like, "Eh, I already know. Well, then people started asking me, do you watch it? I'm like, no. And then they go, what? Don't you know it's about blah, 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 blah. And then the more people told me what it was about, I'm like, (laughs) no, now I really don't want to watch it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just some of the details and all the, it sounds like a bunch of gratuitous sexuality in it too. And I'm like, I really, I don't care about that. That doesn't intrigue me really. I just don't care <laughs> it just is way blown out of proportion to me all right if, if we're keeping on the, the hating side Lou then do you want to weigh in on that because I know you haven't watched it yeah I agree it came across to me as all of this like dungeons and dragons shit and I was just like no not about it and then also I'm quite prudish when it comes to like sex on tv I don't like it unless it genuinely advances storylines so there are some occasions where I'm happy to accept it in film but from the way that everybody talked about it, it was like every other episode was just one gigantic orgy. And I just wasn't happy to tune into that sort of thing. And also, do you know when it comes to TV shows, I feel like I can never understand the hype behind a TV show when they genuinely sell merchandise that people wear like unironically just in the street. So you see people <laughs> wear Game of Thrones T-shirts just walking around doing their shopping. I'm like, no, 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 no. That, like, they can't, you can't be that mad about it because I love Breaking Bad, but I never had a Walter White t-shirt because I just wouldn't, do you know what I mean? I just wouldn't go that far. I just didn't get the fandom that came with it and, like, the rampant, like, people at the end of, of the season were so disastrously angry they were ready to riot because apparently it ended in such a crap way. I just thought to myself, I was like, I've seen plenty of shows that I've loved that have ended poorly and I've just been like, well, that was a bit of a waste. But, I, yeah, I just couldn't understand, like, the fanatical like, attitude towards it. Right. Well, for everyone shouting at their computers and their phones now, I'm going to step in with the more balanced side, right? I actually really liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. And and I get, Lou, I get kind of your view 
about the if you hear that it's just every other episode is sex and, and stuff like that that's not necessarily a seller now most music videos probably now have probably more nudity than game of thrones episodes and leo i get what you're saying as well i think for me what I really enjoyed about it was, and I know this, this is going to sound like a, a bizarre statement, but if you took the dragon bit out of it almost, to me, it was at heart. It was almost like a, a mafia film or something like that. It was about political manoeuvring and, you know, families and peoples betraying each other and trying to to, to be the, the top dog, as it were. So it was, that was kind of what appealed to me. And the first... At, sort of three or four seasons at least had such good writing that it just made it for me must watch tv now yeah the, i think lou to, to answer your point why people were were like carrying pitchforks for it i it just went off a cliff edge the writing that's the problem it was like you know when it's so good and then it just it just went off a cliff so i'm not selling it to anyone to watch i, I keep saying watch it but don't watch the final season <laughs> watch up to the penultimate one thing that I would say is if you could take a screenshot right now and look at me and Leo, we are probably the best illustration of the two least convinced people in the world <laughs> based on based on the selling that Dan's just tried to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got their views, right? Everyone's got their views. Just some of you are wrong. Oh. <laughs> well. but No, but seriously, it, I, I think the first few series are just proper compelling betrayal and the what's the word the the backstabbing and the two-facedness of some of the characters was for me i, I think is is what's compelling it's throwing some dragons and that for me just adds it a couple of points <laughs> but what i would say actually lou something that you've just said there which i might actually add as a as a third thing to my list today what i don't like is people where they feel a program or something has to go the way they want it to and don't let the creators have their own license like i said granted game of thrones like i said did plunge off a cliff towards the last few episodes but in the end who, who are you to say sort of how the creators play out their kind of ideas on tv or screen but i also like lou's point about people wearing t-shirts i've never bought clothing of any show that I've loved and then wore it out in public. <laughs> That's another thing. I don't, I'll never understand that either. Oh, so you really like Seinfeld, huh? <laughs> yeah. We're in a my, different my, age. Tell by my shirt. That's, yeah. that, that's the age we live in. It is all about the merch now, isn't it? I get if you're going to like conventions or something like that, maybe yeah. like for the sake of like showing up, but but that's what I mean. It's like I, I can't remember. But this is terrible because he actually listens to this podcast. But one of my friends at uni had like a I'm a member of the Night's Watch or like Watch Out Ladies. I'm a member of the Night's Watch t shirt. I don't know he what that sounds like a very to. intelligent <laughs> like, and very yeah, see, so person. Dan, Dan gets it. <laughs> I've got no fucking idea what that's in reference to. <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but you do see it for everything. You mentioned like Breaking Bad. You see it for the films. I think the problem is now, merch, everybody... Oh, we're going to go off tangent here. But with social media and everything we were saying in some of our other episodes, I think people are just want everything that they can get their hands on if they if they love yeah. something so much shares that for example go to the voluntary input merch shop and get yourself you some beat merch. me to it about our merch <laughs> shop. What an amazing yeah. that was i mean lou well. you have just basically convinced everyone not to have one of our, yeah. our yeah, t-shirts what's, so well done yeah no no hang what's, on a, once i said that too i thought about the hypocrisy there no no i'm sorry hang on, hang on different a though podcasts we, we, different. we yeah. are small independent creators not multi-million pound fucking tv directors 
characters and TV shows. <laughs> these these actors are already getting paid their nine million dollars an episode or nine million pounds an episode. No, no, no. The extra T-shirts don't matter for them. A final thing though on this actually, or well, happy to talk about it is I was able to go to Croatia recently, and a lot of Game of Thrones was filmed there, and so you can go to you know amazingly a lot of it you can visit some of the sites for free they're not behind a paywall but for one of a better term um but we went to this island where the apparently and we we looked up where the actual iron throne was donated to this island so you could go and sit on it etc then we're walking through a town and they've they've every town has got at least one or two game of thrones merch shops right and one of of them was saying yeah, come in and sit on the real Iron Throne. It's like, no, hang on. The real Iron Throne is over that way, about a couple of miles, you know, on, on that island right over there. It's not It's not in your store. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a little bit of, um, again, just cashing in on the We got the real, the real one. We got the real, <laughs> real one. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the same thing with um, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Do you know, you know how many... Uh, real DeLoreans from Back to the Future there are. <laughs> they, we have um, here where I live, there is actually a convention that happens every year and people show up with hundreds of them. Some are better than others. Some a bit more authentic. People spend a lot of money and they're all the real DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if you are the one person that does have the real one and no one believes you now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there I, I just saw a TV program about that. And I can't remember who the person is. But he does. Now, when they filmed the movie, the first one, apparently there were like three or four of them. But that's how movies are always made. They always have more than one. This person has what's considered the last actual remaining one because i think something happened to the other ones and it's in terrible shape but he just keeps it so piece of movie history though isn't it exactly yeah 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 the other thing before we do move on i find still amazing this is different because this is aimed at children so i get that they will want to do this lou you'll know what i'm talking about at king's cross here king's cross station you've got the platform nine and three quarters photo opportunity yeah all right and even to this day, the queue for that, because Leo, like I was saying, like in, in Croatia, you could go see a lot of this for free. No, there's a bit where you can have, well, if you're in hours, because out of hours, there's no one there. But in hours, it's like half a trolley stuck into the wall, isn't it? Yeah. And you could queue up to have your photo. And I I've, I don't know. I reckon it's going to be about £20 to have your photo taken there. Easy. What is, what's the significance of half a trolley in a wall? So in Harry Potter, it was like at King's Cross, that platform line in three quarters was where they were, like ran through a wall. Disappear into the wall. Oh, I forgot yeah. Harry Potter yeah. on my list. Yeah. But anyway. But, but even nowadays, that, that <laughs> queue for that a, a, attraction is just crazy. Well, I thought everybody hated her now, the author of those. Wasn't she, oh, yeah, but wasn't she cancelled? Yeah, as long as you just don't talk about her, the, but people still want her <laughs> the merch. And that's next door to the uh, the Harry Potter shop. Yeah, there is a shop right next door. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it is as well? It's like when people get their pictures there, it looks really amazing if you just take a picture because it's like a cool photo op. But then when you see it in real life, like while there's a queue of people, it just looks really sad. Like yeah. It's like one of those yeah. things where yeah. you get it from two angles and you realise, oh my God, people are queuing for like an hour and a half to sit and take their picture <laughs> with Arthur Sainsbury's trolley. <laughs> Who gets the money? I think it must be. Partly, part of the station must take some of the money, but then the Harry Potter operators must as well because they must pay like some sort of fee. To Warner have that Brothers, there. is it? Warner yeah. Brothers must get, get some. What do they not own? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, well, look. Well, Leo's hit it straight off with a controversial one. Uh, Game of Thrones. That's how no, I do. No, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think I think a lot of people who were fans are now saying the same thing as you. They were never fans to start off with. I think after their disappointment. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, Lou, I, I, I want to start off with my one first because I want to get this one out of the way. Um, okay. It was topical at time of recording, but when this goes out, it's going to be out of date, which I think is going to save me some flack. Halloween. I'm saying it. Oh, yeah. Halloween. You know what? Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Leo's, Leo's pulled a face there. Well, I will tell you, it's, it's never going to be out of date because you're not the only one. There's a lot of people. I've I've seen. Are you talking about the movies or Halloween itself? I'm talking about the the celebration, the event, and I'm not uh, talking about it from a. I don't like. I don't think we should celebrate the occult. I'm just saying over here, especially, it just feels like a, a non-starter. So, tell you what, let, let me let me say what I mean by that. Like, I love Halloween, and when I watch American TV and you see the the, the celebrations over there, it looks fantastic. It's just over here we're slowly kind of taking that from you but it's still really half-hearted. So you walk down a street and you, there might be two or three houses dotted around that have gone fully for it. And it looks really odd because there's only two or three houses. You, you'll you see some people trick-or-treating and there might be some great outfits, but generally most people are just going out with their kids to, to the, their friends to do the trick-or-treating. I think we are, like I said, we're, we're still playing a lot of catch-up. And I think if it ever got to the, the thing where like whole streets were getting into it, I think it might be more fun. But at the moment, it just feels like a really bitty, just doesn't feel like well, a, a proper event here. Well, even here, that you know television can be deceiving. Every house isn't decorated. Like my house isn't decorated for Halloween for no other reason than I just don't feel like doing that sort of thing anymore. But then you'll have, like you said, a couple of houses down. Somebody will just go all out. Uh, but I will tell you one thing I really <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get some more listeners to throw their phones <laughs> those blow-ups i don't like yeah. blow-up decorations yeah. people do it for christmas they do it for halloween and it's like oh no i always just think of the wacky waving inflatable man that you see at car dealerships <laughs> and people are just put them in their yard i'm like no <laughs> but yeah it's not not everyone decorates for for halloween so even on my street I think, yeah, there's one person that I love her to death, this older couple. They go all out every year, but it's her. It's not the husband. He just does it because she wants to. <laughs> and uh, But she has some pretty cool stuff. For example, she has zombies coming out of the ground, and they look really cool. But it's yeah. a lot of stuff, and it's just her house. And then everyone else, no one's done anything. So, Like, I went for a walk yesterday, and I could see some houses were doing it brilliantly like that some have you know that their front garden was like gravel and stones and what they did was you could buy like obviously you could buy separate skeletal limbs and they were making it look like skeletons were coming out of the ground and and that, that's right. brilliant i just think it's at the moment when over here when you see a lot of it is half-hearted i think it just doesn't make it look great Lou, what's your view on what, do you know what it is? Is for me, it's because Halloween is too short of a period. So do you know when people put Christmas decorations up? They go up at like the beginning of December. They come down in mid-January. They start for a really decent amount of time. Like you can't put Halloween decorations outside on the 1st of October, can you? 
Because well... that's just stupid. But... <laughs> oh no, I've just insulted the couple down the road from Leo. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, not here in the States. Some people start putting them up. You know, uh, our Independence Day is July 4th. Believe it or not, there are people who will start putting up Halloween decorations immediately <laughs> following that. Oh no, we go. No. <laughs> so then they have the entire month of August and then September. And then October, and it's like, because I've seen, and it's not a lot of people do it, but some people do, and you'll drive by and go, wait a minute, it's only <laughs> August, but. <sighs> so I think for, from my perspective, like I said, I think it's because over here, it was never really a thing, and now it's trying to be or starting to be, and I don't get it why. It, it just feels like because we are seeing it on our screens from the States, it when, when I was a kid, it, yeah, 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 it was, it was never a thing, and, and ironically, it's, you know, on that day or that week, parents will let their kids dress up as like characters from films. They won't actually let them watch, potentially, <laughs> you know, like, really which point. I find the irony. So, right. Yes. And, and also, can we just talk about the fact that when you're young, right, what's one of the main things you get taught? If a man is in a van and he offers you sweets, <laughs> don't take, the, don't get in the van, don't take the sweets. And then for one night a year, what, we, what do we do to our kids? We turn around and say, yeah, just go knock on any random stranger's door. I'm sure they're fine. Take whatever sweets they have to give you. Some of them might give you money as well. What, what kind of corrupt mentality? And if they and also, don't give you sweets, throw eggs at the windows. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 right, and if they right. open the door and they look like a serial killer, even better because they're even more into it. Like, what on earth are we doing? <laughs> That's always been the huge hypocrisy for me. I'm like, how can you yeah. set the precedent like that and then tell your kids to knock on doors and just take sweets from strangers? <laughs> and if they don't give you anything, vandalize their home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> in reality, this is the thing. If you knock on a stranger's door and they give your child sweets on the 1st of August, you can call the police. If you do it on the 31st of October, absolutely fine. Can't do anything. That's where well, the hypocrisy is for me. Well, even beyond that, speaking of the police, here we have the police will hand out candy. No because, way. you know, there's some safety concerns that come up year after year. So sometimes they'll have police cruisers, they'll park, and they'll have a bunch of candy. And kids can come up and the police will give them candy. Because, you know, some right, people okay. don't feel comfortable sending their children door to door. But the police will give them something. Okay, I'm, I'm less begrudging of that, yeah. to be fair. It's called community I, outreach. I, I, I asked one of them for a gun once, yeah. and they said, no, that's not <laughs> part of trick-or-treating. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to egg your car. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was getting bailed out of jail... Um... <laughs> I mean, I remember, yeah, sort of where I lived a few years ago. It was nice, Seb, and because it was a, a fairly small estate, they were taking their kids across the mall, and it's nice because they're taking it obviously to trick or treat friendly houses, and you know it's, it's making the kids sort of have have that experience. But yeah, I, th I think that's what it is. So it's not. I'm not against Halloween itself. I'm not against the the kind of celebration. I just feel like over here it's still in in, in its infancy in in terms of how it's progressing, and it feels weird to me because yeah, like Lou said, it is. It is just one day, and you'll see you'll see the decorations come out a few days before it disappears the day after. Yet it's starting to make this whole big thing about it. Here's my thing, and so that you can lose more listeners, the one thing that I don't like about Halloween is suddenly everyone's a paranormal investigator or a paranormal <laughs> expert, or they're a cryptic expert. Suddenly, all these people 
and suddenly everyone has stories to tell about something that happened or and it was it's like well where were you all year all of a sudden yeah. now you're you're a paranormal yeah. investigator wow i didn't know that <laughs> i was listening to the radio yesterday the commentary on a football game that's soccer football not not oh i know football. yeah <laughs> It was like, within the space of two minutes, the guy put as many jokes about spirits and monsters into this commentary oh. as it's possible. And I was like, I get it. It's Halloween in a couple of days and you're making jokes. I get it. You know, can you please just commentate on the game now? Well, here, you know, Sundays are American football days, NFL. So there's games pretty much on all day, different teams. And of course, each network, they've been running their own little because you know we can't just have a game start they always have to have commentary the jokes and stuff beforehand and of course everything's halloween themed and it's like okay can we just get on with the game please <laughs> and they think uh, they're so funny don't they they think they're so clever it's like you're that's not funny your little three minutes of jokes weren't funny <laughs> never heard that joke made before in the history of every never. halloween <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So in the bag, we've got Game of Thrones and Halloween. Lou, what's, right, what's, now, what's your... This, this is really annoying. I feel like we might run through this relatively quickly because annoyingly, Dan jumped in with his second one when my first one, with his one, when mine was going to be Harry Potter. I actually <laughs> said to Dan <laughs> that Harry Potter was like, now, I'm going to put a caveat Did, did you this. say, oh, sorry. Well, look, well, I briefly, I only spoke about that one <laughs> thing at King's Cross. I didn't talk about Harry Potter itself. So we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> right now, I'm going to put a caveat on this. The fandom for Harry Potter, I will happily give a pass to kids for. Because it's a little bit like the superhero thing. Kids like dressing up as their favourite characters from film and TV, which is fine. But it was at the time, and it still is, adults that are dressed in Hogwarts outfits, like basically oh, as goodness. school children, because that's what they are, right? And I never understood the fandom. Like, you've got adults walking out, painting with a black marker, a scar on their forehead, and turning around <laughs> and being like, this is the wand, uh, 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 whatever Avidus Disappearus or whatever spell that they're casting. Right? So, I think the word you're looking it. for is Wingardium Leviosa. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Apologies. Oh, oh somebody fans. knows. Where's your wand, Dan? Is it back there on the shelf? But also, do you know what it is as well? And I feel like I'm going to cut into a wider one because I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. Do you know, like when it comes to these big film franchises, because to an extent, I love Star Wars. But Star Wars is probably a little bit guilty of this as well. Do you know merchandise now from film and TV? Okay, fine. You know, you can have your merch from film and TV. We've got to pass it. I don't buy it, but whatever. However, now it's like, oh, yeah, you can buy a replica of Voldemort's wand, but it's £180. Or it's yes. like, do you know, full-on statues that are like made just of plastic, but it's like, oh, this is a model of whatever it might be. And it's like, you can buy replica lightsabers now, and they're like five grand or whatever it might be. To me, yeah. that is obnoxious because that is a play on the hardcore fans who you know are going to buy whatever you put out because they love the series that much. And that kind of falls into it as well. So with the Harry Potter stuff, for me, it's like the rampant merchandising that they've had and the cost for it and um, the series in and of itself. Because whilst I understand that kids would have enjoyed it, for me, it was just never something that I understood, like the, the rapid fandom of. But on that point with merchandising, um, now back in my day, it used to be <laughs> a movie would come out, it would do well. And then you would see merchandise for the movie. And then yes, people yeah. would buy it. Yeah. Now, 
merchandise comes out months before a movie is even released. And I'm, I'm like, how are you supposed to know if this is even in the movie? They could just be selling you something, but people will swoop it up. The people buy it up. And then the movie comes out and of course, blah, 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 blah. But it, that's always been a little, I mean, again, it's, it's about the money. I get it. It's capitalism, but that's always been a strange thing to me to have all this merchandise on shelves when the movie doesn't come out until winter and it's in yeah. the middle of the summer. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> I agree. But also, there was a period of time where fi- like, film merchandise was just like, if you like to film, you bought a movie poster and right. it went on your wall. <laughs> Whereas now, yeah. I'm gonna like with Harry Potter, I'm going to sell you the replica Hufflepuff goblet that they used to eat at the table. It's like, it got two seconds of screen time in seven films, and now you're going to charge me £64 for a fucking glass. <laughs> to me, that is crazy. I just but if you hold it. on to it, it'll be a collector's item. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, no, no one can guarantee that. So well, I don't know if you guys saw what they did with these adult Happy Meals at McDonald's. Oh, I don't think so, no. Oh, my gosh. So, and they have, they come with a little figurine, and what they are, they're pretty much I call them twisted and warped caricatures of the original, like the Hamburglar and Grimace. Lou, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> and but they were made by some artist out in California, and they immediately said, these are highly collectible. Who, who just because... <laughs> yeah, who, who said that? So you you're just going to collectible. <laughs> <laughs> but people have been buying them, of course. And they're they're ugly. Like Grimace has six eyes, and it doesn't even really look like Grimace, but it's this artist's rendition of Grimace for adults in these adult Happy Meals. The thing I don't get about collectors as well is like people are always saying, "Oh, you know, I've got get, these are collectibles, these are collectible." No, it's only worth what someone is eventually going to pay for it. And if you miss out the craze, like obviously the like the Funko Pops, they, they, you know, they, I think they still are huge, but you know, I know people that buy them and, and keep them in the boxes, but it's like, it's all well and good, but at some point they may not be the in ones to collect. And then the value goes down. It's not, they're not guaranteed. These things don't stay at a certain a set value. I always thought that it was the rarity of an item <laughs> that makes it highly collectible and valuable. If you're selling millions of something and telling people they're collectible, and everyone goes and gets them. Well, how valuable are they going to be 10 years from now? Because yeah. quite sure everyone will still have them because everyone thinks I better hold on to this because it's a collectible. It's a collector's item. It's going to be very valuable in, what, 50 more years? Are you going to be around for that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Do you know what a really good example? Now we are going off on a tangent. Do you know what a really good example of that is? Is like here you get like football cards and stickers. And so there was a trend of like football cards and stickers being like rare things like, you know, 15 years ago with particular players. But now I can walk into any news agents whatsoever and buy whatever brand of football stickers and cards that I want. So unless you're collecting them because you just enjoy collecting them, there's no point in buying them because you think now they're probably going to be worth something at some point, unless you're buying some sort of specialist item, which is going to be, again, rare because it's rare as opposed to collectible. And that's the thing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, here in the States, all that ties into is a lot of nostalgia because of baseball cards. You know, everyone talks about, oh, the Mickey Mantle card sold for 2.5 million or whatever. And I'm at the, I, yeah, I think now that those days are gone. I don't yeah. think those cards are going to be that valuable. I don't know. 
but again, it'll probably be like another 50 years and I won't be here for that. So, but I think a lot of people, they run out and buy cards nowadays because everyone still has that nostalgia of, oh, if I keep this player's card, it's going to be worth blah, 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 blah. Maybe. That's the other thing I've learned about America from TVs. Yeah, every every family has got a baseball glove that's like a pitcher's glove that's handed down and is, you know, to keep safe. And yeah, there's a dusty... Yeah, baseball card kept in a metal tin somewhere. That's that's worth a fortune. Whereas it's over always here, we some don't... dad. It's always <laughs> yeah. some dad holding on to dreams. <laughs> but yeah, but, but actually, this conversation's given me another one, which I'm, I'm going to add to my list. But Lou, sorry, just going back to to what you said. So it's not so it's not Harry Potter itself. It was the kind of like the adult obsession for it, was it? And the murder yeah. and all the yeah, thing so, that went around it. So this is the thing for me, like kids with just just typically any series, like when you get kids that want to dress up as their Marvel superheroes, fine. It's one of those things. Or I give a pass to like cosplayers because they go to conventions that actually build costumes that they've spent a lot of time on to recreate exactly what something looked like. Fine. But adults that are just going out and buying the cape and then dressing as a thing and then screaming a movie premiere to me is weird. I don't get that. Well, those people have, I've talked to some of those people and they always will tell you, well, I read the books when I was younger. So that justifies them wearing those things as adults. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's time to grow up. (laughs) What I would say about Harry Potter, and I wasn't sure if you were going to say it, Lisa, that's why I came back. So obviously they they were starting off as kids books, but then they became sort of read by adults. And and some of the later books actually, uh, you know, the you, you can see as she's as she's gone on, she's made the writing more in depth. The book sent sold in two versions: one with the kids' cover, and there was one with a quotes adult cover. And the adult cover, you know, whereas the kids' cover was like a cartoony drawing, the adults' cover was like it would Had be a boobs. solid color. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should say instead of adult, that that brings connotation. Maybe I should say the grown-up version. Um, but it was Harry like Potter a solid. The goblet of uncensored. <laughs> it was like a solid color. It was you know understating. I'm like, but it's the same book, so it's like if you're on a train. I'd rather see you reading the one with the kids version because then I know you're not trying to make it more than it really is. You're reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. You're reading Harry Potter and the Order of I was going to say, was any of the text changed? Because, yeah, you're right. It's just the same. (laughs) It's It's, it's a way to make them feel better and less embarrassed about reading Harry Potter on the train as a grown-up. And and that's the thing for me as well, like not to say that Harry Potter is a bad series because I don't think it is, but the fandom that came with it is my, yeah. my is is what. So I'm saving a little bit of face with that. <laughs> so well, so we've got we've got three big things in there: Game of Thrones, Halloween, and um, uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, boy, when the second one comes for me, people are actually switching off. I'm telling you, people are switching okay, off. Okay, well, I might I might be doing a lot more editing um, as it goes. <laughs> So what, Leah, let's, let's throw it to you then anyway. Well, my next one is because we're starting to get into the uh, holiday season for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I don't know how it is there, but the week before Halloween, all Halloween things go away from the stores and all of the Christmas stuff comes out. So it's Christmas yes. everywhere already. And with that comes something that has made me cringe for the past, I swear, 10 to 15 years. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Are you guys familiar with them? I don't think so, no. Oh, oh my. See Luke's on the Google already, I could tell. I have, yeah, (laughs) immediately. There is, so 
many, many years ago, there was one person who did this light display on his home and it was absolutely phenomenal. And it was synchronized to, I, f I forget the name of the song. It's like the Carol of the Bells or something like that. It's the Trans-Siberian Orchestra song that you will hear 7,000 times every Christmas season. But it was amazing. And it was a local man. He lived real, you know, real close to me. Well, the story blew up because people would ride down his street to watch his house. And it ended up backing traffic up. Now, mind you, this is just the typical residential area. But this light display was absolutely amazing. So guess what happened? Everybody else started doing it. Yeah. Now, the guy that did it originally, he took it took him a lot of time to put it all together. He had to program it into a computer, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what you can do now? You can buy kits that just do it to that music. <laughs> And as people drive by, they can turn to it because he also got noise complaints because it was so loud. Well, now people can drive by and tune to a special radio station and hear Trans-Siberian Orchestra music to your home display. <sighs> Trans-Siberian Orchestra tours every year. They're coming to Cincinnati, Ohio, where I live, and they <laughs> do every year. And they've already started running commercials playing that song. Oh, it's maddening. <laughs> See, that's the thing. If it is what I'm thinking, I actually, it is one of my favorite carols, but I, I grant you, it does get overplayed, it, it, you know, and if it's <sighs> every display has got that. And, and, and been the thing hurt about by this, them, hasn't he? Leo's yeah, yeah. been really been hurt by this. Really personally offended. <laughs> it's just every year the same they have like three songs that just get played now if you're not familiar with them and, and i invite you to youtube them they're a it's a um it's an interesting band because it's like an orchestra but they're really hard rock at the same time so there's a lot of electric guitars blah blah, blah. it's loud but it's quote unquote christmas music fine but every year constantly <laughs> over and over again <laughs> And probably every year, like you're saying earlier and earlier. Oh, yes. Um, I've actually just Googled as well, and there's probably enough footage on YouTube of different people setting their light displays to Trans-Siberian mm -hmm. Orchestra to take <laughs> us to the holiday period from today. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's that many. So, do you know what's funny as well? It's like there's really bold ones with like loads of like the whole house covered in lights. And then there's one where it's just like two light up Christmas trees in the front garden and that's it. <laughs> it's like, have like, I, like I said, the first person who did it, and I swear this has been about 20 years ago, it was incredible because no one had ever done anything like it before. Yeah. And yeah. he put just thousands of lights and it was it was great. But then that's, but you guys, that's America. Things become commercialized <laughs> and then way over popular. And <laughs> it's getting like that here. I mean, we don't necessarily have a, the Trans Siberian Orchestra as such like that. But Lou, I think the Christmas displays in terms of lights and stuff are starting to get bigger and bolder by people, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, there was a guy down the road from me and he must have moved house over the last few years. You haven't seen it in ages, but he always used to have like full on displays of like Jesus in the manger with like proper five foot figurines. 
um, in his front garden and lights all over the house. There is people in the town that I'm in that do have their Christmas lights up all year round. They just don't take them off the house because they can't be bothered to. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> happens here too. <laughs> it's just, like, if you've ever got a sign of laziness, <laughs> I'm going up that ladder and I'm going up it once. i love christmas displays that's the thing i love christmas lights and especially nowadays they're getting more elaborate and bigger because most of them are led lights now so it's easier they last longer blah 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 just stop synchronizing everything to trans-siberian orchestra (laughs) (laughs) it's over people please stop I was going to say, initially, when you said Trans-Siberian Orchestra, I was thinking, that sounds pretty cool. Is it like an orchestra that travel like, you know, <laughs> I was thinking, what was Leo got against them? But no, I, I understand. I fully understand, I think. I want someone to go really off off the beaten track and like sync their Christmas music up to someone just really left field. Like you do it to Eminem or like Pop Smoke or something like that. Like Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> ACDC. Well... <laughs> There is a show here that comes on every year. It's called the uh, Great Christmas Light Competition. And they go across the country, find people with really elaborate displays, and they can win money. And it's a really, really cool show. And there have been people who've synchronized their lights to regular pop songs. <laughs> Amazing. And they're pretty interesting. It's like, wow, that's pretty incredible. But, <laughs> But I just... Yeah, I don't have the time or energy for it. So some of those people, there was a guy, he has like a four acre farm, him and his family, they get into it every year. But it's funny, they take everything down. But then they start putting stuff back up in July, because it takes them that long to finish it. (laughs) But it's incredible, the amount of stuff that they do. But wow, like, that's just a bit much. I feel like it's a stereotype that we have in this country as well of America in general. I feel like we think that all American Christmas light displays are a bit like National Lampoon. Do you know where it's like reindeer, <laughs> reindeer in the in the front? Well, a lot of people aspire to be. <laughs> well, I think the difference is over here, the majority of the states are fairly small houses, whereas it looks like, again, from TV, you see the houses in America just seem massive. And so mm. it, it looks like it will take six months to put the, the lights up on here. Whereas here, you probably could do it in an evening because, you know, you've just got the, the little <laughs> bit of your front garden to put it up. And like Lou says, halfway up a ladder and you're done. Oh, well, when I do lights, it only takes me a day, but I'm not, no, I'm not doing my entire house. <laughs> there was a time when I wanted to, but no, no. like I said, I'm, I'm too old. Because now that. you can get those like things that you just stick in your garden and it puts a light display on the house, isn't it? Like those. Um, I have a couple boxes. of those. Yeah. Yeah. Seems yeah. much better. Far, far more sensible to me. <laughs> yep. I got neighbors that that's all they do is that little <laughs> and it I, it's it's pretty and that's fine <laughs> Lou, you, and did you have there's one no more trans-siberian th- orchestra either so <laughs> Lou, did you have one more thing on christmas before we, we were... um no i was just gonna raise i don't know if you remember ever seeing it that story because it's just reminding me because i mentioned national lampoons now but um where someone created like a mannequin of him where he's hanging off the house and somebody like a passerby thought that it was actually a person hanging off the house. It was like dragging a ladder, being like, "Sir, <laughs> sir, I'm here to save you." And it turns out it was just a mannequin because they set it up to look like national lampoons. Amazing, amazing. Don't know what our audience is like in Cincinnati, Ohio, but whoever is listening, just be aware about playing Trans-Siberian uh, Orchestra too loud. I was going to say Trans-Siberian Express, then, but they don't care. They'll they'll play it. 
Because it's not really a lot of times it's not even really the people, it's the radio stations too. They yeah, will yeah. They <laughs> heavy rotation. As soon as uh <laughs> after October 31st, many radio stations here start playing Christmas music. And they continue through January. Wow. It's like here even Christmas week or or a couple of days before Christmas, all the decorations are coming down, and then it's like Valentine's stuff already going out. You know, it's, yeah. Oh my god! Do you know what it is? Do you know what I, I hear? Mariah Carey, "All I Want for Christmas," oh. and it just makes me want to set fire to my eardrums. I just, I genuinely that uh, the moment that I hear that song, I'm like, I can't wait for all of this shit to be over. Oh <laughs> yeah, they play that one a lot here too. I need yeah. to get a Christmas card that plays that for you, Lou. Honestly, oh, oh, they have them. And you know yeah. what's funny to me about that song, by the way, we're going to go on down, down that tangent. Every year when people start playing that song and how much they love it, I always counter it with, she has a song called Oh Santa Claus. I think that's a lot better, but people just ignore it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I it's a lot better than All I Want for Christmas. Oh, okay. uh, Lou's muted himself and he's pissed off <laughs> sorry i did mute myself i muted myself in anger that's a first violently smashing i was just gonna say what isn't it isn't it like a really strange fact about the world that we just haven't had any new christmas music for the last 20 years like there's just been none right. One, room for it, it. It, hit, it hit the year 2000 it hit the year 2000 and no one made a christmas track ever after that there's, year there's right? no room for it we're still playing when white christmas is doing so oh well my God. over here yeah slade we've got one uh leo i don't know if it's popular in the states i don't know but slade that's all you need that's the thing you, you know that we need to start cornering the other areas like um halloween and easter there's no no real popular easter song or halloween song <laughs> not over here no. anyway. well and then every year whoever the big name star performer or whatever they release the obligatory christmas album which is just yeah. them singing all the old christmas carols that we already have yeah yeah. Every year. Like, where's the Taylor Swift Christmas album this year? <laughs> we'll move on to Luke, but just on that last thing, because every time you say something, it kicks something else off. <laughs> now, you are a man after my own heart from what I see in the background. So I can see you've got vinyl, you know, your records and, and your record player. It's the deluxe Christmas albums. There was one released last year. It was Michael Bublé. And it was a box set. Yeah. And it was, a, I think it was like green vinyl because it's Christmas. And it might have been a double LP, but you obviously you got some pictures. But do you know what they they were charging like 150 or 160 pounds? And do you know why? Because I think they put a couple of sheets of wrapping paper and a bauble, <laughs> a Michael Bublé bauble in it. And I'm like, seriously, come oh, on! And I bet they sold. I bet they sold out. Well, I actually see it this year for like 80 quid, which makes it feel like a bargain. But no, I'm still not getting it. And Michael no. Bublé wallpaper, um, Christmas paper. Right, so just looking at the time, I think we'll do one more each, and then we'll probably rattle through the other ones we've got and see if there's anything interesting. Lou, I'll go to you in case I nick one of yours again. So okay. I will come back to you. Now, guys, this, this is, is the big one. one. This, this is, is the big, big one, one, right? This is a big oh, one. This is a big right. one. It's Pokemon Go. <laughs> it's Pokemon Go. You've actually taken one of mine. <laughs> now, okay. Now, I feel like I'm, I might extend a little bit to Pokemon because of the fact that but Pokemon Go specifically was an app that genuinely made people insane. Like there were people accidentally getting <laughs> run over because they were running across roads for a Pikachu or they were like stampeding over each other to go and find some sort of 
turtle that shoots water or whatever they do. I don't know. But to me, it was grown adults that were doing it. And there were so many stories that came out of like people being mugged at these like Pokemon Go hotspots because like people had lured people there. It was a crazy period of time and I never understood it. Like there were like national competitions in like hosted in Japan and stuff, weren't they? I just never ever got it. It was always crazy to me. So yeah, Pokemon Go. And I know that there were adults that were like one of my friends that I went to university with, like his dad was like level 75 within like the space of like three weeks or something, which meant that he needed to be playing it like 10 hours a day for the last like month and a half. But honestly, it was just obnoxious, I thought. Well, this may blow your mind. Do you know that that's still, I think, the, it's still, it has more players than any game. Still at this moment. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was trying to look something up real quick because I, the last time I heard, there are still people actively, the game, it doesn't stop. Now, I played it for a little bit. Because it was, you know, me, the wife and kids, we would go on vacation. It was just goofy. But I agree with you. Some people. <laughs> and that, that's the best opportunity, best, best attempt at justification right there. Oh, me, the wife and kids enjoyed doing it. It was, <laughs> it was, it was goofy fun for three days <laughs> while we were on vacation. And then that was the end of it. Um, and I was trying to remember, there was a game that came out way before, that came out before it which actually the technology that AR um, location technology that they're using for Pokemon Go. uh, I can't remember the name of the game now. I was trying to look it up and it was released as an invite only. And it was kind of like these two factions and they had these amazing commercials for it or whatever, but you could only get in this game if you were given invites and there were portals and ports that you would have to try to get to and overtake for your faction. And this was all in real time as well, but there were no goofy little characters. You just had, your phone just looked like a radar screen and there were all these dots and whatever. And wherever you went, you could engage to try to take over. Well, then that expanded on over into the Pokemon Go experience. But yeah, people lost their minds over Pokemon Go because that's all that needed. They just needed a more commercial layer for it to to sell quote unquote sell that technology but and they chose pokemon (laughs) and people love it yeah i like the idea of the game i think the game i I never played it because i was never into pokemon so my my thing was pokemon itself yeah i like the idea of the game it it sounds good and and i i kind of agree with what you're both saying and Luke, it's where the adults went full steam ahead on it and and i remember i mean i think we discussed it in an episode the business part where I worked, I remember going out one lunchtime and it was like hordes of zombies because there were these these guys just standing in circles in various areas of this business park because that's where the gym or something was or <laughs> I, I don't know. And But they weren't talking. They were all heads down, silent, and it felt really eerie. And it was like these people have just like turned into zombies. It's, it's They've been brainwashed. Yeah, Pokemon Go was the closest we've ever come to a real-life episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to look up some of the numbers. It looks like the latest revenue that I can find is that as of 2021, they generated uh, $1.21 billion. 
Jesus. So My. it's still, yeah, it's still going. And as of 2021, there's still an estimated 71 million active players. So it hasn't stopped. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I actually just saw as well, like Niantic, the company that obviously... Um, Niantic. Um, yeah, that's what it was. And, uh, and it was cool because I remember where I was working at the time, I got this strange email about being invited to join this faction, Niantic. I was like, what in the world is this? And then I looked it up and then just me and a couple of friends, we, cause they were really what they were doing. They were just beta testing this technology and they turned it into a game. So then they wanted to expand it. And so they partnered with Nintendo and came up with Pokemon Go. And that's when they started making all the money Jeez, and making crazy. zombies out of people. but it just feels unfair as well because it's like you can only get some of them in certain countries as well i don't know now if they've opened it up i guess a lot of games eventually because this has got to be what about have we said it's got to be about six seven years old now at least right yeah Yeah. i think it it launched in 2016 yeah 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 yeah. i I remember i was in my like university town i was driving with a couple of friends in my car and one of them legitimately said can you pull over here because there's like a pokemon and so I had to stop just in the middle of this road, just pull up on like the pavement. And he was just like, he ran off like in the distance about 200 meters away and then came back about two and a half minutes later. He was like, thanks, I needed to catch that one. I was like, what are we fucking doing today? <laughs> or you would have people go, oh, wait, I got to go into this um, into this store because it's a, uh, where, where were they, arenas or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, then you had shop owners that started banning people from coming in because they were being disruptive. Yeah. Because you would have one person come in and anyone around that was playing, they would know to go there too. And then they would all come in and it was all about these battles. I I never forget. We, I was on holiday. I think it was um, Vietnam and Cambodia and we went to some religious sites, you know, some really cultural religious sites and they had signs up saying no pokemon go here please yeah i remember saying to lou the process of somebody going there actually wanting to play it that people are having to be told not to play it that, that's what i, I just yeah it's, it's, it was amazing it was amazing well then here i don't know if they did it there as well but i'd imagine because it's the game um if i remember correctly they started before they would generate these sites at certain locations they would actually reach out to the location first and say hey we would like to have this as this site. You would you allow people to come in, or is it okay if they just have it out front? But it was the going inside part that was the problem. No, because we had stories here about like it was at cemeteries and stuff like that, wasn't it? Yeah, they were having yeah, to yeah. actually ask to be taken <laughs> off. Man. Uh, well, okay. it's like with me, like in so I worked in my university city afterwards, and the place that I worked was right outside of a huge church. And obviously when Pokemon Go was a thing, that was the site of a Pokemon gym outside the front of the church. So <laughs> intermittently throughout the workday, you'd look out the front window and there'd be a group of like 35 people, again, all sat down, zombified, looking at their phones. They'd be there for 15 minutes and then they'd piss off and come back two hours later. And I just thought to myself, I was like, and you've what got all you these doing? adults going around saying, how's your Bulbasaur going and your Squirtle yeah, yeah, and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I'm told they are real names. But also, the concern thing was, is they were all adults. So I just thought to myself as well, I was like, you're still outside my workplace. Where do you work? Lou is going for a real niche area of our audience at the moment. And Lou, thanks for reminding me of Niantic, because the game I was talking about, it was called Ingress. 
and it came out in 2012. Okay. And if you look at um, that game, it's really, like I said, it was really pretty futuristic looking. There was supposed to be this huge issue about, I can't remember now, something about some groups were trying to take over for whatever reason. And we were, you were either on the good guy side or you were bad. You know, you would choose your yeah. faction and blah, blah, blah. And they had some pretty impressive commercials for it. Because when you got the invite, you had to click this link. And it just immediately took you to this commercial that looked like something that was really happening. So it was kind of like found footage stuff. And it was really impressive. So it was like, oh, heck yeah, I'm playing this. <laughs> I think we've got an episode with Leo coming up about some like retro gaming and stuff like that, I think. So I'll, I'll take... Oh, when you're talking, you reminded me about like the barcode battler. Do you remember the barcode battler? Did, was that ever a big ever in the state? No, I don't remember that. No. Well, we've definitely got an episode coming up then. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious. Okay. I'm going to be right, talking we... about retro gaming and it's going to be like, oh, yeah, the PlayStation 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take the, you the back Xbox to the 360. Yeah. The Xbox I'll take you back to the 2600. I've got one over there and all the cartridges. Uh, I really want to go to Leo's house. Can we go play at Leo's house? <laughs> okay, right. Pokemon Go is in the bag. Um, I, I'm going to do a quick one. I've actually changed my list. I, I'm, I'm going to do one more, and it's come from the conversation we were having earlier. I don't get people that gatekeep their music or, or, or their musical yeah. preferences. So do you know what I mean? So a recent one we had was Kate Bush because Stranger Things made um, Running Up That Hill popular. And, like you know, it's those people that say, oh, I don't like all these new people listening to my music. I was there from day one. And it's, I, I, I kind of, I get why they do it, but I'm always like, don't you want your music that you like to be played more and to have a wider audience and to continue having a now, life? Are you talking about the artists themselves or people? No, people, the fans. The fans. The fans oh, rather yeah, they than can, the artists. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares about them? <laughs> I remember even sort of back in, in the day for me, it was like, you know, when Oasis and Blur were becoming big and it's like, say with one of them or Blur, it was like, oh, all these new fans, because they've released this really popular single, it's like, oh, do you know what their first album is? And you'd find people quizzing other people to see how much of a fan they were. And it's like, just let right. the music live, let, let right. it go out. I want I want as many people to like the music I do so that it has a longer life and, and hopefully they'll release more albums. See, I'm the opposite of that. When that happens and... For example, watching Stranger Things with my kids, I know I was kind of annoying, but I'm the guy that's like, oh, do you know what that song is? And then I start talking to him about the song and tell him, you know, let's go listen to it. You know, I'll let them listen to it and give them a little history about it. I'm excited when that stuff comes around like that personally, but I can. Yeah, I agree with you. I hate those people that are like, oh, yeah, you only like it because it was on that show. And yeah, that stuff. I bet you don't know their first album. Do you remember the original B-side from 1972 that was very rare? Blah, blah, blah. Like, no. I like this song that's in Stranger Things. And I want to find out more about Kate Bush. <laughs> but but also, it's absolutely fun. Because a lot of the times, you know, the songs that are used in like popular TV, like film media, are always like the biggest ones that ultimately go properly mainstream. So I remember, was it Assassin's Creed? And it was Radioactive by um, Imagine <laughs> Dragons. Boys? Oh, Imagine, the Dragons. Imagine Dragons one. Yeah, yeah, it was radioactive. And that went hugely viral as a result of the game. And uh, like, I had a conversation with someone about Arctic Monkeys. And they turned around and said, do you like Arctic Monkeys? I said, yeah. But as cliche as it is, I really like 
Are You Mine and Snap Out of It. Two of the biggest hits, but they are just also the best songs. It's not that I'm not indie <laughs> enough for you. They're just the two best tracks. <laughs> what what right. do you want me to say? There's a reason that only the 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 small, tiny proportion of the super fans listen to the shit ones. It's because they're they're your whole personality type. That's what you have to do. So. Right. <laughs> well, well, I think also that's probably a symptom nowadays of the fact that people just buy the music they want. So the singles, yeah. people don't listen to albums. For a while, I remember, and this is going to sound funny, but I got a lot of music from FIFA, the football game, because they would pick the best songs around at the time. And a lot of them were like kind of like indie at the time, weren't they? Well, that indie artist now has got a chance to flourish mm-hmm. and get a brand new base. And it's like, it's like I, I wouldn't expect many people, even probably of, say, Lou's age, because he's not, he's not that young, of Lou's age now to know necessarily Kate Bush, because she at the time was quite an elusive character and like you know she's yeah very rarely any press written about her so but i think she's fantastic so why can't these people not experience it and we, we had a, an example of that this week in our in our chat where was it yourself or no antonio from Coltworthy mentioned an artist didn't he? and i said i've not heard of it straight away he sent me his spotify list and said listen to this and i yeah. listened to it so it was great and now i'm going to be a fan of that and you know i think that's brilliant spreading spreading the music and that's how it should be. But yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I call them the pretentious fans. Like you're not any better just because you know the the underground hidden tracks. Yeah. And if you do, share them and share them in a way to let people know, hey, here's some, if you like that song by this person, check these out. That's what I, I do that all the yeah. time. Hey, this is yeah. great. I know you love it, but let me introduce you to some of the other others though but it's not well you only like it because it was in that show well yeah <laughs> i think that's exactly it. instead of asking how many copies it sold tell them have you heard this right right oh this track yeah i don't know what it is i'm like my camera accidentally turned off and i didn't push any buttons i promise i'm gonna keep my hands up while i'm talking now um but again another really good example for me would be cage the elephant so do you remember oh, No yes, Rest for the Wicked yeah. was huge because yeah. of Borderlands. Now, don't get me wrong. Some other songs, Cigarette Daydreams, amazing. But also, No Rest for the Wicked was just their best track. It's so a great track, th- This yeah. is what I mean. So the other music is good. But a lot of the time, do you know when people are like, oh, well, you don't like this stuff and you don't like the niche stuff? Yeah, because it's not as good. That's what the problem is. And again, just there's nothing it. wrong with just liking a track from a yeah, band. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, you know... That band, whatever they were called, with those two brothers, uh, Oasis, that's it. They only made that one song. (laughs) (laughs) Easy, easy. But, Dan, I'm with you. I'll play video games and hear songs, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I I want that song. Or I'll watch, you know, I'll be watching TV, and a commercial will come on. And it's usually a car commercial. Some of the car commercials have some of the best music in them. And I'm like wow, I need to go get that. And I'll go search it up and then get the song. Um, A perfect example of that is, I think I shared this, that remix of uh, Blind Melon, No Rain. Beautiful remix. And that was in a, um, I think it was a Toyota commercial. I can't remember, but I was like, huh, I got to go find that. Yeah. (laughs) And Shazam was a brilliant app for me as well because you got it on the phone. And and like Lou mentioned, the... um, borderlands games they did a an episodic series of games and each episode or five episodes started and ended with a brilliant tune and yeah i just made sure i had my phone next to me with shazam ready because i just wanted to know and and like like i said why wouldn't i want to open myself up to more music so 
And I know you just got that uh, Pixel 6a. I need to talk to you about that if you don't have that feature enabled. It's always listening. I did need to ask you about that because I knew it was on there, but I haven't got that. I haven't got oh, that set, so. it's a gem of a tool. Use yeah, it Google, all if you're listening. Of course, I know Google always is listening, but yeah, you need to get this man. You need to give him a contract. This guy is. They do. I've been saying it for years. There was another. And if you song. want to sponsor us as well, sorry, at the same time, we'll gladly take it, Google. Google. How many more times do we have to say Google? <laughs> there was another song too that I found through a, a car commercial, and I think these. This was a UK band, uh, Elbow, a song "Ground oh, for yeah, Divorce." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I first heard that, I'm like, "Whoa, what is this?" And thankfully, because I've always had the my Google phones, my Android phones, it picked it up, and I'm like, "Wow, I really like this song." And, and again, it was from a car commercial, and then I would let people hear it, and they're like, "Wow, what what is that?" And I'd say. You wouldn't believe it, but this was in a commercial. And then go check them out. So, but I think that was their only song, wasn't it? <laughs> like you said, Luke, I think that was their one and only song because I never heard anything else from them. <laughs> well, let me tell you now. Um, okay, so I'm chucking the gatekeeping of music into the bag. So I think we've got time for another one each. So, Leo, let's come back to you. All right, I'm because since we're going to wrap them up. Because we'll, I have we'll a couple. Go through the list after. Tell you what, if you want to reel them off as well, and, and, and we can pick them up as well if we need to. Okay. Well, I started kind of controversial, I think. So I think I'll, my last one I'll go in depth about, I'll end with kind of controversial, and that's Deadpool. Ooh. <sighs> For the love. <laughs> Look, love Ryan Reynolds. I actually, he, I use his phone service as my cell service, Mint Mobile. There's another sponsor, please. But, and I understand, I know, I understand what Deadpool is. I know the comics, blah, blah, blah. But, and even, I didn't even really enjoy that. To me, it's that childish humor that's too childish. That it's like, I don't need to see his butt one more time. Stop shooting him in the butt and making close-up shots of it. I will admit on this show, I never finished watching that movie. I turned it off. Wow. wow. I thought it was absurd and stupid. Now I know what are they on part three now? Is it? But again, people loved it. And I just thought it was way overrated. It was just too, I don't know how you guys do school, but we have elementary school for kids. Then you have junior high, then you go into high school. To me, it was like that junior high, 12, 13 year old humor. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a grown man. This isn't funny. And uh... <laughs> Leo, I feel like we were really doing well. And now <laughs> you've, like, you've, like, you've ruined any chance of, of some some phone friendly relationship we might have had up until this point with the Deadpool slander. Now I told I'll you. Give you, I'll give you credit if if you had to put it into context, it's a little bit like the jackass of like yeah. the superhero genre. But I feel like everybody's got a little bit of room for obnoxious stupidity. Like, I won't go and watch Jackass because I think that it's a brilliant film. But sometimes you just want to watch something that's a little bit more mindless. Yeah. And I feel like that's the way I treat Deadpool. I never liked Jackass either. Now, I, but wait, but wait, but wait. Let me, let, me, let me make a caveat on there. I used to watch Jackass years ago when it was on MTV. I don't know if you guys remember. When that show came out, it was pretty much a bunch of guys who were doing things and they made it look like people were just having real accidents or 
they were just goofing off and they accidentally hurt themselves. It was hilarious. And then it just grew and grew and grew. I've never watched any of the movies because, you know, I'd had my fill of jackass. After a while, it's like, this is just a bunch. They're professional stuntmen who are just acting like circus geeks. That's not entertaining to me. You know, I don't want to see some guy purposely hurting himself for what? It's not even funny anymore. <laughs> the joke was gone once you realize, you know, these are professionals who are just goofing off. Yeah, and to I that, yeah. yeah, and to that, for me with Deadpool, like I said, I tried. I, but the more I just sat there and watched, I'm like, this is just a bunch of sophomore jokes. What I would say about Deadpool is I, I like Deadpool. But I think why I think I liked it was kind of what Lou was saying is that it felt like the antidote to this, the mainline films were becoming really serious. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved them. I loved them. But they were coming becoming quite, what's the word, not full of themselves. That sounds negative. But they were becoming starting to become more and more involved and more uh, serious. And, and that felt like a bit of fresh air. But what, what I would agree with you is that the problem with that kind of humor is that can overstay its welcome if it's not done right you know exactly. over here it's, yeah. it's proper yeah. it's just the fart joke you can only have so many fart jokes in, exactly. in a film before it becomes repetitive yeah. yeah and and you know a perfect example of what you said of kind of like the antidote to all the seriousness another example of that is she hulk i love that series the first episode i yet. thought yeah. i thought eh, it was a little rushed but um antonio did an episode to to plug his show in which he and uh, what's the female that's on his show from time to time? She, you know, was absolutely in love with the whole thing. And she talked about episode one and she even mentioned how people were saying it felt rushed. But then when she explained it, just go listen to the episode. She gave a perfect explanation for it. I was like, yeah, that's okay. I get that. Cause when you watch it, I think you'll feel the same way. The first episode feels very rushed. But then once the show gets going, it's 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 pretty lighthearted and goofy for a Hulk. And it's a, it's brilliant. So if we're going to talk your, Marvel, then I'm oh, sorry. Go on. So I was just saying to your point of making things a little lighter as opposed to how heavy the Marvel universe tends to be. Yeah, I get that. The perfect example of what I was saying that for me, where it can go too far is I really loved Thor Ragnarok. I thought that was a great. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I didn't like Love and Thunder as much. I thought it tried to be too silly as well. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. So, Lou, I don't know if you've seen seen that, but it he's also it, muted again. I don't know what it is. It's not me doing this. I swear to God, it's not me doing this. You I promise. Halloween. It's, <laughs> it's the ghost. Yeah, I thought they've made him. I haven't got an issue with them making him a bit of a ridicule character because, again, I think in Ragnarok and Guardians of the... He was in Guardians of the Game. Well, uh, in Ragnarok, anyway, he was he, he walked the perfect line. But Love and Thunder, especially with uh, Russell Crowe's... Was it Zeus as well? It just felt... Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I didn't like Love and Thunder. I liked it, but didn't love it. I'm with you on that. Because I think they had already established that Thor is immature. They didn't need to ride that. Yeah, yeah. Like they did yeah. in Love and Thunder. It's like, okay, we get it. He's a childish god. We get that. Yeah. But then, like you said, but are all the rest of the gods also childish? You know, why was Zeus so childish? It was funny at first, but the scene did go on a little too long, didn't yeah. it? 
And it's like <laughs> I said earlier about the Halloween jokes. There's only so much you can take in in, in short space. <laughs> right. All right. Well, you know, everyone listening, yep, you heard right. Deadpool <laughs> is being chucked into this. And that was by Leo Allen. <laughs> Does that guy like anything? <laughs> <laughs> so, Lou, let's have your next one, and then if you two have got more, we'll we'll just list them off, and we'll see if there's one we want to just talk. So, Lou, what's yours? Okay, again, like huge one, gonna be um, you know offending a relatively. Could you, could, could you please not? Can we do a less controversial one, please. Um, no, so do I, it, do it, please. I've just got generally. I've got Disney, right? <laughs> Now, I've got Disney. It's yeah. Cheers for coming. Uh, now, I'm, I'm it's coming, been a good run. <laughs> now, I'm coming for everything about Disney, right? So I'm coming for, like, the parks and the fact that they're, like, thousands and thousands of pounds to get into. I'm coming for, like, again, like, how ramp... Like, you, you see, like, fully grown adults walking around in Mickey and Minnie Mouse ears. Like, in what world are we actually living in? Like, if you were looking at an episode of Black Mirror about, like, control and commercialism... <laughs> Disney is the prime example of that. And again, I've never really understood it because I've got no, like, whilst, like, things owned by Disney are brilliant and I enjoy them, I've got no affinity for Disney as, like, the company, as as the part, do you know what I mean? I, I just think it's a really strange, like, obsession trend that's kind of been consistent because, you know, they're... I'll, I'll, give you... <laughs> I'll give you the parks. Have you ever been to a Disney park? I have. I've been to the one in Paris, France, which is nothing on the level that any of those ones would be. There is nothing to do at a Disney park. I don't understand the obsession with Disney parks. I know people. I know a woman who works for the company that I work for. Her office is full-fledged Disney everything. Yeah. She goes, she and her family, they go all the time. And I've even had this conversation with her. I said, we took our kids once. This was a very long time ago, little kids, but we were on a vacation the day before we went to. So in Florida, there's Universal Studios Park and then there's Disney. So we planned this vacation. We're going to go to both parks, right? The first uh, leg of the vacation, we went to Universal Studios, had an absolute blast. Kids loved it, right? So we thought, oh, that was great. Tomorrow we're going to Disney and everybody talks about Disney. I, we had never been before. We get there. First of all, that big Disney castle that you see with the fireworks. My little girl at the time, who's my oldest daughter now, she's out on her own. She was like nine years old at the time. She was just, before we went on the vacation, obsessed. She was going to go into the castle and be a princess and blah, 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 blah. Strike one, Disney. You can't go in that castle. The only thing in that castle is down on the ground floor, you guessed it, gift shops of overpriced <laughs> Disney merchandise. Strike one. She was totally devastated. I even asked someone that worked there, or can you go up there? And they're like, no, there's nothing up there. You, there's, it's, that castle is basically a show. All right, fine. But stay for the fireworks, they said. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, and we get in the park. And mind you, this is Florida. This is summer. It's hot. The kids, we're walking around. We see the characters, yada, yada, yada. And the kids start asking because it was my brother and his children too. They started looking at us in those little sweaty faces. So what do we ride? And I said, I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> we rode Magic Mountain. Ooh, mind you, Magic Mountain is a roller coaster that was built, I think, in the 50s when Disney first, and it was a huge attraction back then. It's boring. It's slow. It's it's an indoor roller coaster that makes you think you're in space. Ooh, the kids weren't in, they weren't entertained. Epcot Center, interesting, but not really for kids. So I don't, I'm with you on that part of Disney. I don't understand people taking their kids to Disney year over year when there's nothing really there for kids to do. And it's expensive. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> hot dogs, hot dogs, one hot dog, $5. I was in Florida a few years back and I went to Universal, like you said, had a brilliant time at Universal. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't know when you went there, but when I went there, they had the Transformers 4D ride. When we went, it was they were still building part of Universal, right. so it was yeah. almost unfinished. But the one well, thing that two I love parts to it now, I think. Yeah, now I didn't go to the yeah. second part; I didn't have time. But so for me, I'm a roller coaster person. If I go to a, a theme park, that's all I'm riding. All the other rides are pointless, <laughs> but that's me. So <laughs> we get to Universal; they they had the Incredible Hulk roller coaster yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. The kids loved it, but. The ride that really impressed us all, and we actually got back in line to ride it again, was the 3D Spider-Man ride. That was uh, was a bit of the park I didn't go to. It was incredible. And it's this whole adventure. He's fighting the Hobgoblin. You're flying around. You have the, you know, the 3D glasses on, and you're moving, you're falling. There's water, there's wind. And then when you get off of it, I was talking to the guy working. I'm like, man, that was incredible. I love roller coasters. And I said, I'll put that up against any other roller coaster in the world. He goes, you know, what's impressive about that is you were no more than four feet off the ground at any given time. But it felt like it was amazing. So imagine taking the kids to all that Wolverine, the X-Men were there. They made a whole, they chased us around. It was funny. And then go the next day to Disney. We went to Disney, but we didn't go inside because I thought, obviously, I thought Disney was going to be more for kids. So that we went to, is it Downtown Disney, which is a bit just outside it? And yeah. went to Epcot, which I found, I liked Epcot, but there was the, the thing for me um, about space since when I was a kid. So I found that. In it. But yeah, I, I kind of agree that it probably wouldn't be for kids. But what I was going to say about Disney, going back to, to Lou. One, I think there's an element of us all getting older. <laughs> but however, I think you're very valid that I think when we were kids, Disney released these films every year or every couple of years. Now Disney own almost everything. Yeah. And it's Disney, Disney, oh, yeah. Disney, Disney. And it's, you know, now it's that they own Star Wars. They own, you know, they, they've got all the, all the Marvel stuff. They own one of to... our largest uh, broadcast networks, ABC. Oh, really? Disney so owns it. Yeah. So whereas before we it used to be the the animated film that came out and you'd wait for the DVD. Now it's literally everything is Disney. So I, I can see there's probably a little yeah, it's it's a, what's the worst saturation point with it. And then it's problematic because you have licensing problems too, because it's going to get to the point. And someone I can't remember someone was talking about this about if Disney owns everything that can slowly constrict creators going forward. Because if you create something, they could come forward and go, nope, nope, you can't create that because we already own this copyright. This You can license it from us. But it's like, but, you know, because I don't know how the laws are there. We have this thing here. Copyright is very, <laughs> it can be very strict. So you have to be careful about even making something that's too similar 
to something that a copyright owner owns. And if Disney owns all these creative properties, what does that leave room for for new creators? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And to be fair, Disney love a cease and desist letter. They love typing those letters out. Like they, they honestly, they must get a kick out of it. And you know, with like yeah. Disney owning so much, I feel like I'd go and stay in one of their parks and then lift the bottom of my foot up in the morning and it just have Disney written on the bottom of my foot, like um, <laughs> like uh, Woody from Toy Story. I'm like, that's it. I'm Disney now as well. You belong like, to them. Yeah. They'll just put the ears on there. They'll stamp ears on the bottom of your foot. A tattoo like oh no <laughs> okay right i i am very aware of the time so do we come back for a part two at some point or should we just list off the other ones you've got i'll just list them off go for it and then it will pick something out yeah um actually yeah i did I, well i did all of mine except one okay. um child's play chucky totally yeah. overrated dumb (laughs) not even a scary movie it's a comedy i saw that movie when it first came out in the theater and i laughed all the way through it there's nothing scary about it and it's not even that good it's pretty much a garbage movie yeah (laughs) i I, I concur dan you you on board with that because i agree yeah i think so i think i remember you know as when it came out sort of uh, as it was being a kid and also it got chucked into the video nasty thing over here so it never really was a huge thing yeah. over here but yeah no i could i could go with that i go they with put that. that in the nasty it's not even it's dumb it's okay. yeah don't, don't <laughs> even that's a whole other subject yeah <laughs> all right lou what's your what's yours uh the rest of yours okay i've got a, a few that i'm just going to run through one is mullets um they've made a comeback for some reason <laughs> uh, i've got no idea why you've got like 22 year olds walking around looking like what's miley cyrus's dad called uh billy ray right yeah like i'm literally all in my head i see somebody with a mullet will pass and all i can hear is i want my mullet back that's all i can hear in my head when i see someone it's the little kids too my son who's actually in junior high now a lot of the he plays sports football whatnot they're rocking mullets in schools again honestly (laughs) it's weird weird trend they weren't good they they didn't look good 30 years ago they don't look good now um i've got chat roulette down and I'm gonna throw Amigal in there as well. Like, just thought it was weird. Like, you just get posted up with a random stranger, and then it became, like, you know, in in no uncertain terms, just getting matched up with people that were masturbating live on camera. Like, that's really where it went to. So, I feel like anything where you put trust in people to behave correctly is probably yeah, gonna be yeah, a really crappy yeah. trend. Never yeah. used it. Never thought about it. Um, another either. one, um, especially here. This is a very like Essex thing here, and Essex is a part of the UK. Um, was really tight, skinny jeans like so tight skin tight spray on jeans like where you think to yourself like where are you putting what's in your trousers like where where's it gone where has it gone <laughs> now i hope you're talking about men because i have yeah, had the same men. opinion ever since the skinny jeans craze took off i oh. never would wear them i'm like no no it was like as well it was weird because it was like skinny jeans with no socks into trainers yes. what, what the fuck exactly how uncomfortable must that be like you know it's bad but you see a guy struggling to get his wallet out of his pocket Mm. because his jeans are stuck to him (laughs) Um, now now on a woman i mean that's a different (laughs) (laughs) and then i've got two that are kind of linked so one when i was younger and maybe i didn't have any of these phases because i didn't have friends when i was younger but um one of them's like you know people had like an emo phase there was Mm. like 
at school, like all of a sudden the hair kind of got swooped over like one eye, the this nail polish came us. out. This is what it, cancel us, yeah. No, 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 but it was like everybody started listening to Evanescence, right? <laughs> and it was like a... Wake like, me just, up! Yeah, <laughs> wake me up inside, call my name. And like people were like bobbing to that and it only lasted like two years. People had that phase. It was really weird. Or people like listening to Panic in the Disco... <laughs> Dan, Dan, you know what's really funny about this is someone in the group admitted she went through this phase. <laughs> okay. There's just going to be a, a huge blank bleep at this part of the podcast where Dad's gone like, no, nah, I don't want to risk Oh, it. she laughed about it, though. And she shared a picture of herself, too. <laughs> Oh. Okay, so what was the you said you had two that were linked? Yeah, so. and then um, one more is kind of like do you know like the Justin Bieber hair at one point. Like it felt like everybody had like that that Bieber bowl cut. Like so, like I never had shit haircuts like that, even when I was young. But maybe it's because my parents didn't want me looking like a dickhead. So <laughs> people did that with Eminem too. That blonde. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you're not. You're not. You're not Marshall. I had to. I had one more, and I don't know whether to say it because I think I see it on someone's background. But I, for me, I was going to say smart speakers. <laughs> I, I don't really get them at the moment. I don't. Well, that's because I don't use them. That one seemed like a personal violation. <laughs> I can justify it. I can justify it. This is this is this is the great thing about them. Now you know I'm all again my sponsor Google. Not yet, but they should be. Um, so I have a few of them throughout the home and a couple of the screens. The cool thing is when you play music, you can have them all play the music, but it's not like they're all just in a mono way of playing the music. It's kind of like stereophonic if you have them about, okay, all about. Okay. So it balances yeah. the music. And it's like an entire immersive experience. And I also have a Nest doorbell. So when someone comes to the door, when they push the doorbell, the screens automatically show the person and the speaker says, someone's at the door. Now, okay. if it's someone that it recognizes, because I can tell it familiar faces, if it's a friend that's coming over to say, Dan's at the door. Oh, and wow. so you can, and then I can look and go, I'm not going to the door. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, okay, for that, especially when you're listening back to this, hey, Google, play Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Google, make Trans-Siberian Orchestra Leo's favorite number one tune. <laughs> okay. okay. Making Trans-Siberian. <laughs> right. I think we're at the end there. I, I think that's been quite a, a quite a good one. So just to recap, I was expecting some quite obscure things to be in there. But no, we have got Game of Thrones, the, the holiday of Halloween, Harry Potter for adults, I think we said. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Pokemon Go, Gatekeeping Music, Deadpool, Disney, Child's Play, Mullets, Chat Roulette, Omegle, Skinny Jeans, Emo Face, and Justin <laughs> Bieber Bowl Cut. Because, yeah. Actually, those just, three go, can go all together, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say as well, I just want to say anyone listening, casting views, anyone can get it. Anyone can catch the smoke. <laughs> We're happy to give it to everyone. <laughs> Oh, dude, oh, Leo, brilliant having you on. And Amazing. like I said, I will tag Google into the episode when we, we send this out because, yeah, I, I've got a pixel mainly because of you. So do you want to, before we go, do you want to, yeah, plug 
your socials where we can hear you where's best to, to hear you well the easiest way to find voluntary input is just go to voluntaryinput.com that's where all the episodes live all the videos because it also the show is also a live uh, not live stream it's a streamed the episode streamed via video to twitch twitter facebook and youtube and then they're always available that's also where you can find all the different places you can listen if you want to just listen to the pod and it's everywhere i think everybody's podcast is everywhere now it, it's kind of pointless to say everywhere you listen to podcasts i think everybody gets that by now <laughs> and on socials uh just look me up at voluntary but mostly active on twitter there's also facebook and instagram but eh, like most people i'm just mostly on twitter and i don't care that elon musk bought it <laughs> i just want to throw that out there too i don't here so game of thrones fans that's that's where you can find him right so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lou before we go anything from you no i just feel like we should record a little bit that should go at the beginning of the podcast and it should say this podcast contains strong language and views that some may find offensive <laughs> <laughs> this this could be this feels like our most controversial episode we've done the dark side of social media we yeah, have, we have conspiracy you. theories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know this this one hits people close to home <laughs> i'm just imagining some some um emo phase going through disney loving child's play loving skinny jean wearing harry potter loving a game of thrones loving smashing their phone continuing this podcast on their laptop and then breaking that halfway through <laughs> getting their alexa to play it and then smashing that halfway through oh, and then scene. and then trolling me on twitter <laughs> <laughs> Leo, seriously, it's been it's been brilliant having you on. Cheers for joining us. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Pleasure. <laughs> for us, you can get us um, if you want to drop us an email um, for any comments on today's episode or anything else. That's castingviewspod at gmail .com and please address them to Lou. You can get us at Twitter. We are at castingviews. And we'll finish with, we know there's a lot of podcasts from which you can choose. So we thank you for listening to Casting Views. One, two, three, four. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, take what we've got, cause you need it. Don't make us get a spark and force feet.